Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 274 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the orange side behind the bar for this episode, we have uh, our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Mosswoodwood, Commander A. Levice. Please make sure your seat rights and trade table are in the upright position, and you can hear the captain talking. Well, kind of, Captain. We've got our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. I was just thinking, after 274 episodes, you'd think we'd get it right by now, wouldn't you? No, I do feel like we like the Red Dwarf crew, where they're all looking at the life scanner going, and, and we're going to live. <laughs> Uh, on this week's tech, we have Commander Ventura, that's uh, Norman, but I can't tell whether or not he's saying hello or not because I can't hear him. <laughs> uh, and also joining us, we have from EIC, uh, Mac Winston, Good and uh, our, 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 <clears throat> our PS4 CQC expert, Commander Asika. Hello, good evening. Right. So, um, first of all, let me just say uh, welcome to 2020. 2020. <laughs> Where is my... Um... I, was, I was actually watching a YouTube video of a Tomorrow's World episode of what the house of the future will be like in 2020. And it was quite interesting, actually, because they got a few things right, like the home automation stuff. Um, but what they got wrong was the windows that would turn into TV screens and or pictures and decorations, which you probably can get, but I don't think many homes will have them. And also how everything would be from Laserdisc. <laughs> No, that's funny, isn't it? We've we've gone past Laserdisc. Because I remember that. Everything was going to be on Laserdisc. And there was nothing about telephones or social media or the internet. It was um it, it was how wonderful Laserdisc was. Well, if you think about it though, in the eighties even bulletin boards were scarce and horribly, horribly slow. Yeah, bulletin even bulletin boards didn't really begin to get decent until what ninety two, ninety three, something like that. I'll have to and wait. That's a after tomorrow's world's time, I'd say. I was I was actually a fighter at Sysop for a while. Hmm. Which was all a bulletin board scene. And actually what US Robotics did a to promote uh to, to get acceptance of their HST modem. So they actually did a, pro, uh, a, a promotion for SysOps. They'll give you half off a 14.4K modem, which was wow. incredibly fast in 1990 because it was all text then. So, you know, there was very little graphics. So, and of course, there's all things like Presto and Micro. You already had things like digital downloads of games. You could actually get... Uh, games as downloads for your Sinclair Spectrum or BBC Micro uh, from Micronet 800 and do things like book airline tickets and there was like a, a, a nascent version of uh, something that was a bit like eBay and things like that. So even in the late 80s, uh, it was a bit specialist, but that kind of thing. See, I remember analog. 
game download, <laughs> which was getting a magazine and typing it in. Oh boy. And welcome to this trek back in time where all us oldies are complaining that we don't have flying cars or personal jetpacks. So, <laughs> um, if you'd like to join us in game, uh, we are flying around live. Um, where are you flying about at the moment, Ben? I am currently at Lave Station. I'm not sure if I'll stay there or if I'll go to the bar, but I am at Lave Station. Um, probably going to go to the bar because it's a bit. We're a bit on the dark side at the station. Hmm. I see. Uh, and um, also, we will just say that if you can't get uh, to uh, join Ben around the uh, the orange sidewinder bar, um, how high is the void opal bounty on Ben at the moment? Well, remember, Souverine's not here, so it can be whatever we want it to be. <laughs> I can't remember how high you were willing to pay, Shan. I wasn't. It was Suverine. Suverine off of it. Oh, and of course he's not about tonight because he's he's busy doing um, planet, parallel planetary world things. Well, that's so... kind of his fault, isn't it? So, you know, we can... <laughs> I'm, I'm quite sure we can supply an IOU. Uh, but... If you can't get to us in-game, we're also on the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, and click on the live chat, and on twitch.tv slash laveradio. So, we'll, we'll go around um, the crew that we have tonight, and see what's been happening over the festive break. So, um, we'll start with Ben, and uh, what have you been up to for the last few... Well, it's almost been a month, hasn't it? It's been... it's Yeah, just about three weeks or something like that, so... What's been? Well, obviously we had Christmas. I went to see Star Wars, and non-spoiler review. Considering where Episode Eight left us, I enjoyed Episode Nine. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I would agree with enjoy, enjoying Episode Nine, but the more I think about it afterwards, the more I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> My non-spoiler review of it was it, it was damage limitation. Yes. Oh, I complete. We completely agree. Which was a horrible thing to say about any film. Particularly it when it really ends. is, but it ha I hate to say it, but it had to be done. Well, hopefully the JJ cut, which is 192 minutes, will be released soon. I've been hearing things about that as well. So, and the question, okay, question then for the two, well, for everyone here: If Disney release a Disney uh, JJ cut, mm. say at the end of January, would you pay to pay to go and see it in the cinema again? Not unless it was about six hours long, because that's how much extra <laughs> is needed to make it a coherent movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, apparently, well, just we'll just stick on this just for a second because there's a, a <laughs> loose screws. The other podcast where <laughs> apparently they they mentioned loose screws said we uh, got uh, an email from someone in America saying it's nice to hear people that don't have voices that sound off like they come from a mystical land. Now, I'm assuming <laughs> that we all sound like something out of a mystical land. Oh, yeah, we probably sound like we're all out of Lord, straight out of Lord of the Rings or <laughs> or uh, Game of Thrones or something to Americans, I'd imagine. Methinks you well, protest too much. <laughs> well, I always thought you sounded a bit like a hobbit then, so there you go. Talk, uh, uh, there's a hobbit in Star Wars, isn't there? Pippin, Pippin is in Star Wars. Yeah, the actor who played... Um, 
Well, well, it was a guy off Lost as well, wasn't it? He was played Charlie in Lost. Oh, as right. Well. So, yeah. Was he in Lost right. too? I didn't know that. Dominic Moin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. I think you were quickly jump in there. Well, I was just saying, talking of interesting people in Star Wars, me and my kids watched the first six, so the prequels I... in the main trilogy over Christmas. And uh, all the Queen Amidala's, Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. uh, Tessa out of the Marvel movies, Rose Byrne, just a bundle of very famous Queen Amidala's just cameoing in, in those roles. Yeah, I didn't know that Kira Knightley was in it, but then no, she was one of the Padmas yeah. or one of the Amidalas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one of the handmaidens. Yes, oh, you know they they all. Well, yeah, decoys. hang on. Is Natalie Portman really small and Kira Knightley is very tall? No, they're both really small. Oh, oh I mean, Tom Cruise is six foot four, so anything <laughs> possible in film. Um, I just wish the makers and writers of a TV series which we're not supposed to have seen in the UK until <laughs> March um, had written the and directed the Star Wars That would films. be very nice, yes. Well, that would be Dave Filoni, because Dave Filoni uh, wrote the Rebels series, the Clone Wars series, and basically got taught how to do it properly by George Lucas. And I think I think We'll quickly bring this to an end because I don't want to ruin half the show with the lulls of this stuff. But did you get the impression that there wasn't an overall plan? <laughs> they were well, just making it up as it went along. Seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. It was about as coherent as a interstellar initiative. Episode of Live Radio? No, it was about as coherent as Galnet News. And, um... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> oh, oh, that is so unfair to Galnet News. I'm not really... talking about Wotherspoon's version. I'm talking about the <laughs> official state-sponsored Galnet News. Oh, that, that, well, yeah, well, we'll get on to that in a bit. Um, so, if, if that's, well, that's, it's, does anybody else want to say something quickly about the last Star Wars movie and then we can just leave, leave, leave it lie and move on? Yeah, I, I think we just need. I think you just need to let the last Star Wars movie lie. I think you just need to let it lie. Just bury it. Don't ever talk about it or bring it up again. Mac, just quickly. I I didn't see it. I haven't watched it. So I'm blissfully unaware of all this controversy. I've not seen that either yet. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, right. So it's a good job we didn't go into spoiler territory then. (laughs) Well, that's fine. I wouldn't go into spoilers. Did you also see War of the Woke? The BBC no, I, I avoided oh. that because I heard it was shit ending. And don't even get me started on the last Doctor Who's that went out. Oh my goodness me. Anyway. Anyway, so see them. Ga- right. gaming stuff that I've been up to. Yes. Um, obviously, it was, it was Festivus for me, so I was away from my main gaming rig. Um, but I, in my not really very copious free time, was able to do some semi-serious gaming using my shadow box played on my tablet with a gamepad. So as long as I didn't need to type anything, I was doing all right. And I did. I was playing some Elites. Getting the controls working and getting used to the gamepad controls were probably the biggest challenge I faced. Everything else, I just used bookmarks I did and was doing some bulk trading in my cutter. I was sort of cheating because I was using the auto-docking and auto... Oh, the fr- frameshift drive, the s- cruise assist stuff. 
but that allowed me to actually do some bulk trading on my on a tablet and worked surprisingly well. Played some Red Dead Redemption, but that's a console game anyway, so I'm not surprised that worked fairly well. The other thing that was a real pleasure in many respects for me was my son was playing on my gaming rig for a couple of a few hours, and he was uh, just flying around using my hot ass and well, managed to land the member I'm currently in on a... He flew through some asteroids in Hang and then landed on one of the planets at an, at an outpost there and then took off from the outpost and made his way to a... Well, to the station then, Hang, and landed there quite happily and successfully too. So, you know, considering the fact that it's his first time using a joystick and things like that, I, I was quite happy with how he was doing and he seemed to get it all fairly naturally. Ah, the youth of today. I know. <sighs> Shan, happy new year. Thank you very much. And what about what you've been up to? I've been doing very little gaming uh, over the Christmas break, um, probably because I've had a uh, series of family incursions. To ah, the Shan clan. Yeah, pretty much, yes. I mean, we've had, we've effectively, we had three Christmases. Yeah, in a way, because before Christmas, we went to London to see youngest Mini Shan in London because he was on guard duty and stuff like that all over Christmas. So we took the evening off, or he had the evening off, and uh, we went to the uh, Winter Wonderland at Hyde Park. And before that, we went around on Boris bikes, which was hilarious. But anyway, so we still had a Christmas meal within in London, and then we had the normal family Christmas, and then... Uh, he came back uh, for New Year's and um, then had a third Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah, I hadn't really logged in. Oh, I did log in every day, though, to get my three arcs and to check out the paint packs that were out. Yes, and they were quite fun, I thought. The three arcs. I was able to get a few things from the three arcs. Ah. Right, Mac, how have you been and uh, what have you been up to? I've been really pretty good. Uh... We've had a we've had a busy time with the BGS uh, down in, in in the EIC bubble. Uh, we've had a we've had a few challenges, and we've had uh, well, the long and the short of it is somehow I've ended up with a notoriety of ten and a bounty three times bigger than my cutter's rebuy. Well, how <laughs> have you been naughty? Yes. Um, I, I will hasten to add, none of it was players. It was all NPCs that sort of uh, received my correctional attention of my lasers and missiles and various other things. But yes, we've we've had a, a unfortunately unfortunately what we were trying to achieve didn't quite go the way we wanted, and just just has landed me with a sixty six million credit bounty bill, which I still can't even pay off because I'm still notorious. And wherever I go, there's this huge trail of bounty hunters that follow me, um, and some of them if, put my notoriety back up because I just. If you want to come to leave, I'm sure we can. I'm sure Shan can make arrangements. Actually, right now I'm uh, flying my alt back from Colonia, so um, he's actually he's only about two thousand light years to go um, after Christmas carriers convoy. But yes, um, I probably shouldn't have said that really because I was going to turn up at Lave Station later. Uh, but the bounty that can be claimed by a player is limited, so if someone shoots you, they, uh, okay. they don't get the full sixty-six million. 
I think they only get two million. So the the rest is tax. Yeah, well, much. Yeah. The government gets most of the bounty. <laughs> but also, but but other than that, I've I've been playing a bit StarCraft again, uh, which I haven't played for a long time. So I've forgotten all the build orders and everything like that. Uh, so just for fun, I've been playing some three versus threes on the uh, on the ladder. And and the thing about three versus threes is that so many players take it so seriously. But when you're playing three versus three with random people, it's it's pretty much a coin flip who's going to win. Um, so, but some people get really, really sort of, you know, if you don't do what they expect of you, they start getting really shirty with you and sending you messages. Anyway, I take it that's the people on your side that start getting shirty with you. Yeah, that's, that's oh, but that's part of the fun. You deliberately do it to wind the teenagers up and get them shouting and screaming down yeah. the mics at you. And, and, and the thing is, if, if you if you do it to the other team, like if you cheese the other team, is is the salt. The absolute so you cannon rush the other team. The, the 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 volumes of salt. I mean, it gives somebody high blood pressure. It's incredible, really. Well, on Friday the fourteenth of December, there were lo- there was lots of salt, and that was that lasted me over Christmas. <laughs> Indeed, whatever happened on whatever happened on Friday the fourteenth of uh, December, it's probably Star Wars again, wasn't it? Uh, um, no. No. Anyway, um, so yeah. Uh, that's been a bit. Oh, and I played a bit of Train Simulator as well, but you probably don't want to hear about that. <laughs> oh, Asaka, how have you been? And welcome to the new year. Yeah, very little to be honest. I quit playing on the twenty fourth and started playing again yesterday. And I mean, the sheer amount of people messaging me going, "Oh my god, what are you doing? Have you quit?" For ten days off was unbelievable. Um, it really goes to show how many people kind of take this seriously and play every day. It, a lot of people thought I'd given up for good, but not just had a few days with the family and just got back into it yesterday, just getting started again. Well, welcome back. Um, well, let's, let's see what I've been up to. Um, basically, I have decided to go full on, uh, full on to try and get my elite combat rank. For this, I means that I am now done the Pleiades and I am knocking off as many Thargoid scouts as I can. I've worked out that approximately uh, you need 16 Thargoid scouts when you're flying in a single in a ship. That means no no crew. Uh, so 16 Thargoid scouts for every one percentage point. I'm now at 19, uh, 18, 19%, which means I need 1,312 Thargoid scouts to finally hit elite. And I'm so, managing, managing about 2% a day. So would it be true, Colin, to say you're going before Monty? Uh, for what you mean for the triple elite? Or are, well, are you getting into Monty. some kind of uh, strange Ben fantasy involving my trousers disappearing? If you okay. want to take it in that way, Colin, don't uh, stop you. But I was talking about the elite, obviously. Well, getting getting the triple elite. Yeah, it's the yeah, last. What else would I be talking? As if I would say anything to trigger Ben. Honestly, I thought no, no. I think we'll we'll leave that. Um, <laughs> yes, the. I've completely, you've gone and thrown me now. Yes, it's, it's, I'm after the um, I'm after the, the triple elite. The combat elite is the last one I need to go for. 
after that, this could, particular starting commander will have got near enough everything and max the game out for the moment. So it'll be then moving over to the alt to try and uh, bring the alt up to a point where I can start playing power play. I don't want to waste my main character playing power play, but I'll, I'll waste my, my alt doing that. Incidentally, uh, if you're if you're getting bored of the Thargoid scout killing, uh, conflict zones are pretty good for elite rating. Uh, if you go for the medium and above, you often get the um, spec ops in there, and so you'll have probably at least eight elite opponents in yeah. any particular medium conflict zone. So they they're also quite good. Yeah, the the main problem is that I found Thargoid scouts to be a lot easier to pop. <laughs> okay. uh, special forces in in um, I've I found a little bit more challenging. So, but just speed. Um, apart from that, I've finally managed to upgrade my rig to the maximum the motherboard can handle. So, maximum P. Uh, Processor maximum memory overclocked it as much as I can. It's 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 doing fine. It's not steaming. It's it, there's no smoke coming out of it. So, so are you having okay? To, are you having to keep it steady in case the ram pack wobbles, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's fine, Shan. Don't worry. I, I, I haven't. It doesn't have a wind up handle. It's fine. <laughs> Although sometimes it feels like it. Um, right. So. Now that we've been round everybody, we can we can finally discuss what's what's been happening. And um, at this moment in time, I think the 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 most important news was announced earlier this afternoon is that the January update is now coming for the fourteenth of January. Uh, now this was uh, hinted at a little bit at the the live stream that uh, Paige and Stephen Stephen. You know, our friend Stephen. Who? Stephen? Yes. Our friend Stephen. Um, he has... Oh, Stephen, not Steve. Stephen. Stephen. Yes, Stephen. So what's all this Stevenage about? Well, Stephen. It's about Stephen. It's a, it's a uh, rather cavy town in Hertfordshire, isn't it? Where Lewis Hamilton comes yes. from. Wow, where does he manage to pull this stuff up? Does he have Google on Quick Lookup? Well, back to the community update. January, we have 14th of January, so it's a week today. Um, there will be the new January patch, which we have the beta for before Christmas. Um, uh, during the patch, the uh, during sorry during the live stream, you kind of got a hint that there was this wasn't going to be the only um, bug patch that was coming. Um, They've said that the first half of this year's updates will be focused almost exclusively on uh, fleet carriers and fixing as many priority bugs as possible. So I got the impression that there'll be January, which will be bug fixes, maybe something in March, April, which will be more bug fixes, and then finally fleet carriers sometime mid-year. Each of these updates would be accompanied by an open beta. So that's basically for everybody to quickly pitch in, find any really horrible glaring bugs. Uh, and then finally, they, they, they let out that there will be no interstellar initiatives or community goals uh, while 
this happens of the first half of the year, at least. So basically, it's fixes or bust. Uh, yes. Yeah, effectively. So um, I'm going to open this up to the to the floor here. What does everybody think of that? Um, I am continually disappointed by the lack of community goals, the lack of interstellar initiatives, the lack of very easy-to-provide content when the mechanics are there. It's a continual disappointment to me. I will agree with that one. Uh, ben? I think it means I've got more time for me to play RimWorld or Star Wars uh, Fallen Jedi and things like that. Oh, and I've got the Outer, outer Worlds, is it, or Outer Limits, or whatever. Um, outer something or others. Yep. Uh, uh, that, um, that game. Yep. Shant, so, what about you? I'm, I think I echo the sentiments of the people who said it's a bit disappointing that they've dropped into stellar initiatives and they're not doing multiple things at once. And again, I, I know I touched on this last year, but if the carriers were that close to release and they postponed the bug fix, why is it going to take six months to do that? I, I don't know. It's, yeah. I'm happy if I get, to be honest, I'm glad they're doing bug fixes. And, and the worst thing they are doing in the, in the release that's coming out next week is making crew members survivable because it was so much funny fun watching people lament their crew members getting blown up. That uh, fun was being taken away. Uh, the XCOM factor. Mac but that's because you're a sick bastard, Chan. I'm nice. Y you enjoy everyone else's misery. <laughs> well, do you want to jump anyway, in? Anyway, I will. I will jump in before this. Uh, the sounds of Yeah, uh, I. I'm kind of. Yeah, it. It is disappointing the lack of CGs uh, because I. I have just built a trade cutter for CGs, which. No, I know I'm never going to beat a ganker or a good or a, even a moderate PvP. I won't be able to beat them at their own game, but I can certainly be really, really annoying in the process. So I've built this cutter build to be to fly in trade CGs and be as annoying as possible to gankers. Um, <laughs> but that's not going to happen now. I have to go to Shinrata or Desia or something like that now. To it just won't be the same when there isn't 600 tons of Imperial slaves at stake. Um, uh, but yeah, the bug fixes are good, of course. Um, I'm, I'm in two minds about the thing, about the crew thing. I, I think it's, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a later thing. I don't know, but uh, just being able to, I've I've had my crew my crew members actually join the zero percent club with me. Uh, so we've been down to zero percent holster. I've had the same crew since 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 crew were a thing almost. Uh, oh he's, man, he's been to Colonia, but he's elite race. He's been to Colonia and back with me. Uh, his name is Seymour Gregorian. I actually remember his name. I've I've had this this crew member so long, and of course I I would if if I lost him I would have to hold a funeral of some sort. But um. 
On the other hand, I wish they'd done it. So it was, it became like a rescue mission if you wanted your crew member back, like a timed rescue mission. So there was some <laughs> risk of losing them. At, but I suppose in the time available and with the uh, with all the concentration going on, the twenty twenty update, they probably didn't have the resources to do that. But yeah, I'd have thought that the community goals and community uh, and what's it the yeah, all it's that kind initiatives. Of stuff wouldn't require dev resource that i would have thought would all be support team resource um so it does seem a bit funny they can't it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what they said the interstellar initiatives were there for they said they got the tools to create them quite easily and yeah i know i'm a bit yeah, did you? And I've got to ask both you and and Shan this. Do you feel like your uh, crew member are just like uh, the twenty, the thirty first century's equivalent of Tamagotchi? No, they're more like the thirty first century equivalent of a doll sponger. <laughs> My crew member's good. He's they, been... Well, in that they do sod all and take all your money. Um, I, I for all the dangerous positions I've put my crew member in, I don't begrudge. But now, now he gets it. Now he gets to survive my ship being blown up. I think there should be a pay reduction because there just isn't the danger anymore. <laughs> yeah, the danger money's gone. Shan, you've got a major point to make. Well, yes. I mean, I like uh, like we said earlier, uh, having them just part of the read by screen seems a bit of a cop out. You know, I'd want them to be some kind of mechanic where you get them back, or at least there was a small but manageable penalty for them dying. I mean, let's say, for example, um, what they lose their rank. Well, not necessarily that, because there's no reason now to have more than one crew member. True. So, what I would have had, this personally, with a bit of thought to it, what I would have done is I would have said, you lose a crew member. They are in the equivalent of hospital for a amount of time, depending on their rank. So that then means if you have an elite crew member, and let's say they are in hospital for two weeks, you then have a reason to have another crew member. And there's a penalty then for losing them. So you get them back after they come to the hospital, and if it happens too many times, maybe they charge you more money because you are a moronic pilot and keep getting blown up. But that sort of mechanic where you don't lose your investment and your crew member, but gives you a reason to have more there. Um, yeah, and I don't know, just feels a bit... I welcome it because there's been quite a few people... I mean, I remember Vindicator Jones was actually quite cut up about his crew member being killed. And I can completely agree with survivable crew members, but having them part of the revised screen just seemed like a cheap solution. I must admit, yeah, I think there, there, there was an opportunity there for maybe a little bit of a, a recovery um, scenario where, you know, you, you head back to where you've been, you got blown up and you've got about an hour to pick your crew member back up. I thought, I thought that would be nice. And then you have to race the pirates who want to scoop him up and sell him as slaves. Well, I must admit, having some of the crew members that people have got are just horrid and they deserve to be blown up anyway because they, they look like Wayne Rooney that's been punched in the face. <laughs> but, 
but some of some of them are actually fairly reasonable, and so really? yeah, some of them aren't too bad, really. I mean, yeah, they're no, they're, they're, you know, they're no one from Love Island or like that, but you know. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Well, um, I don't know who who worked on the 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 faces for the procedural generation for crew members, but yeah. Well, yeah, even, even the women possible the, development. Well, yeah, even Celebrity the women of like, crew member. Well, even the female NBC crew members look like Wayne Rooney punched in the face. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still look better though than the entities that we had in Frontier. Yes. Oh, do you remember the Frontier first encounters where they actually had actors do videos? Yes. Those guys weren't actors. They were well, the, <laughs> they were the <laughs> development people from yeah. from Frontier at the time. I'd like to know what happened to all those people who starred in those videos. Yes, I, I I do remember one of the reviews said, and it's fantastic that most of the galaxy seems to come from Birmingham. <laughs> The only thing I remember about the people in the first thing, in Frontier first encounters is the ridiculous hats they wore. Oh yes, they look like look like somebody had killed a raccoon and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was it was something to behold that, wasn't it? I mean it was experimentation, it was pushing forward the boundaries and it it, it did cause a lot of amusement. There, there, were, there were a lot of things like that around back then when CD-ROMs were fairly new and you had all this extra data to play with. It wasn't necessarily, <laughs> should we fill this CD-ROM with stuff? It's, can we? And we'll fill it with whatever just to show the wow. You know, look how much space we got with the CD-ROM and how much stuff we can put in there, like full motion video. Um. <laughs> Karamba would like to make the the point that it is Elite Dangerous we're playing, not Tinder Dangerous. <laughs> oh, I hate to think the strange sort of perverse mind that was swiped right already for an, for an NPC crew member. <laughs> swipe left, swipe left. Is it swipe left or swipe right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad I've got the question wrong if Mrs. Shanna's listening. <laughs> a likely story. But it, it's it's actually if you look at the NPC crew members, it's it's funny these procedurally generated faces because the faces that represent the minor factions, certainly when you start getting allied with them, are a lot better looking than most of the faces that are NPC crew. And if it's the same, essentially the same code, but run procedurally that that does hollow me's. I mean, people have come up with some quite nice hollow me's and some quite horrible ones as well. Uh, Mentioning mm-hmm. no names, Harry Potter. Um, but it, yeah, it's interesting that there is definitely probably a conscious decision to make the faction representatives better looking than the NPC crew. Did you rem- did you lament? when they removed the Ed Lewis and Sandro um, templates out of Holony. <laughs> they were in there? Was it part of the beta or something? It was part of the beta. They had an Ed Lewis and Sandro Holony. And they took them out, unfortunately. I think other, I think other, like other 
uh, developers were in there. I think Dav was in there as well, actually, I think. <laughs> it, yeah, they'd have to take him out. Mind you, Sandra was in the Jurassic Park uh, video, wasn't he? Was he the first one to get eaten? <laughs> so that's where he's gone. <laughs> yes, down the throat of a of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Just thought I'd better clarify that before someone else gets rude. Um, so I. Obviously, there are a whole load of things coming in this update. The, there are new system states coming, uh, which were discussed as part of the last uh, beta. I mean, that was... As a, I mean, Mac, is, as an expert on the, on, on the BGS, are you excited to see these new states come into the, into the game? Uh, trepidation, mostly, because the... the, the, the thing with the BGS, although the rules behind it are relatively straightforward, they're a bit opaque, and they, inter they can interact in weird ways. Uh, so you can get all these weird unintended consequences coming up, which could... Uh, but so, so, yeah, with some traffic, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But I'm, I always have a bit of trepidation whenever they talk about BGS changes, because... We've had weird stuff happen in the past. Um, for instance, uh, way back, they made a change to the way bounties uh, affected influence. So if you like turned an empire bounty, uh, well, it used to be just the minor faction who, bounds, who the bounty belonged to would get the influence game, but then they changed it. So say you turned in, in an empire bounty, all the imperial factions that system would get some influence boost. And it caused some really weird things to happen, especially with um, independent factions who effectively now became hugely advantaged because they didn't have to share out their influence. Uh, so they, they did reverse that change in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, we had to be we had to be very careful with bounties for a while because we we had it was very easy to be turning in superpower bounties and shooting yourself in the foot even though it was your your superpower because you were causing another uh, superpower-aligned faction to sort of come up and meet you in influence and then there'd be an election or a war or something. So, And and the other thing, we've, we've had like excessive happiness as well. Um, excessive happiness. Yeah, and, and there's other, I mean, there's always a bit of a defense. Fortunately, I don't know whether it was intended or not, but fortunately in the BGS there is, we do get some defender's advantage, which is nice, because uh, I think anything like that, should, there should be some defender's advantage. Um, well, that's not totally realistic, is it? Because since when has extreme happiness ever followed an election? Well, <laughs> quite. Um, but it's... It, well, generally, everything's it, it's kind of like a. I think the happiness, etc. They all have kind of hysteresis built in, probably unintentionally built into them. So they all they all slam to one end or the other and get tend to stick there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happened to the faction I was murdering last week. Um, whether they remain because they they they'd gone from, I think discontented i think they were last time i looked um uh, so i have to see we'll have to see if the how sticky it is on the other end of the scale as well uh but yeah so anyway 
the TLDR is is yeah. I it'll be interesting to see, but it's always it's always a bit of trepidation when there's uh, BGS changes about just in case there's some unintended consequences. Okay, Asika. All I was going to say is that I I love the BGS states that already exist. I think they're very interesting. The interplay that's possible there is fantastic, but I don't actually see many of them apart from lockdown ever occur. So. What we're looking at is another four or five states. I believe we went over them last time. That yeah, they have very little risk of actually seeing it occur. Whatever the mechanics are in the background that cause them to happen, I don't feel they're strong enough. You know, I'd like to see a lot more systems with medical emergencies, a lot more station fires, a lot more incursions, a lot more invasions. I'd like to see these things happen on a kind of higher occurrence basis so that they can be dealt with they can be played with because at the moment it's very rare you see them and you know you drop a couple of medical supplies emergency over it really just feels like a a molehill a lot of the time maybe they use the star trek next generation method of medical emergency where the enterprise turns up and beams a few medical supplies down and the air or cured by the next episode yeah, I mean, you can see drought happening to certain systems if not enough water is delivered. I mean, that it all depends on you know how much water is consumed by a by a system, and that could be quite a an often occurring state. It should be. I mean, I'm 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 looking after I think seven systems, and my sister squadrons would take that to pushing thirty, and yet we very rarely see these states occur, or we can very rarely interact with them in any meaningful way. I would really like to see more of it. I feel like adding more potential states or transient states isn't really an answer to the mechanics behind it. Uh, the in, yeah, the infrastructure's failure, um, that could probably be a something that isn't a randomly created by the BGS, but I do get the feeling that terrorism and natural disasters could be just a you know, rule zero one on the on the daily hundred D. Mm. Critical fail. Yeah. No, uh, one thing I have noticed is that uh, systems under pirate attack when that state finishes, the controlling faction has seen major drops, kind of ten, twelve percent, mm-hmm. which I've, I've never seen drops though that large before over a single tick. So that does appear to be a state that actually makes a meaningful impact. But it's over-made, and the rest of them make 1% or 2% impact, if anything. I, I'd just like to see it all a little more coherent, just a little more balanced, the same way I always say every time we talk, I'd like to see the economy a little more balanced. It just seems that things don't quite add up. Yeah. Although one thing we've said, probably a probably a bit of a the, the unintended consequences again. We, I mean, we do see more states than we used to. Because it used to be a state would affect a whole faction, so the whole faction would go into lockdown. If you're in thirty systems, all thirty systems are going into lockdown. But now we've got states that tend to affect just a single faction in a single system Uh, but one thing we think we've been noticing with the uh things like um 
uh, outbreak is they can probably unintended they end up being quite good for stasis because uh, for um faction influence because all of a sudden you get these really profitable runs and a load of missions from all over the place to deliver basic medicines and whatever ever uh, one of our systems is in the is in that state right now uh and i was there i was there last night and there are there are a bunch of randoms in type nines delivering mm. medicines and they weren't anything to do with us they just because one of them invited me into their wing and I, unfortunately i was just about to go to bed and i was just asked them what they're up and they're saying oh yeah we're yet we're doing kind of the uh there's there's all these outbreak wing missions so that that was even though it was an outbreak which you think would be a bad thing in the long run it ends up kind of being a good thing i think that's kind of what you know with this 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 other bit of trouble that caused my extreme wantedness and uh my trail of bounty hunters coming after me um the reason why we're struggling with that i think is because that faction went into outbreak and uh, it sort of attracted just random people and who were who were doing trade of course trade is trade is a you know it gives a plus for um influence as to as do various missions uh the you know the missions and whatever you and they were just out they're probably just out missioning uh like crack squad of 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 um uh murderers so anyway it, it can have intro it can have little unintended con- consequ- consequences uh such as that so we'll have to we'll have to see what 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 holds but um we do see some of these states more than we used to because it doesn't affect a whole faction over all their systems now but i think it gives as much as it takes away i mean that's fantastic you see these states occurring now and they're generating content you're seeing people in your systems doing missions to prevent outbreaks to deal with medical emergencies or droughts that's wonderful and at the same time now if a faction's in expansion or a faction's in retreat or a faction's in lockdown in one system, the fact that they are now unaffected in their other 20 systems just breaks all of what you were previously given because now that there's no coherence in that respect. I think, you know, if a faction's under attack in one area, they should be suffering in other areas. And now you're seeing factions expanding from three systems simultaneously, retreating from three simultaneously. It's broken up, you know, they might as well be individual factions. That There's no reason or there's there's no valid result from them being present in seven systems if what happens in one now doesn't affect them in the other. I think that's a big loss to BGS, where previously if a faction was doing something in one place, that would affect them and preclude them from doing something else in another system. That's gone now. I'm, I think that's as much of a loss as the gains that we're seeing from these new states and these new mechanics. Uh, again, it's all a question of balance, and I just I don't see anybody on the development team looking at these things from a player point of view and saying, well, how does this affect me when I move from one system where, say, HIP-147 holdings are in lockdown or are in a war to the next system over where they are also a present faction, a controlling faction, and suddenly, they have nothing wrong with them at all. Where I've I've just moved from a system where they had major problems, it it breaks down. They might as well be two separate factions in that instance. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, the final thing that um, jumped out at me at the, the patch notes, and a lot of people have picked up on this in both the forums and on Reddit, is the fact that um, mining is getting, they're, they're calling it a nerf, uh, effectively um, high-end minerals, such as um, the good old void opals, uh, are getting a balance pass, trading goods um the markets will still offer high buy prices, but once the market gets more supply, uh, the price drops, and um, they are now demanded by specific economy types. Um, do you think that these high-ended minerals needed a needed a, a nerf? About a year ago, yes. <laughs> and in fact, that's how it always should have been. It should they should always had some kind of approximation of supply and demand. So when a market gets saturated, the prices collapse, and then you have to find a new market. Um, that should have always been there. But the thing is, though, they 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 sort of did have a nerve. Well, they did have a a market influence in that the price of void opals would drop from one point six million per ton sometimes down to two or three hundred K per ton. But with the absent with with the advent of tools where you can just do a search and it'll pop up where they are in demand within about ten seconds, it kind yeah. of negates the whole thing. It does, doesn't it? I mean yeah, I mean that's one of the things about um EDDB and and uh the third party tools. They are fantastic uh at supplying almost real-time information where people just update the information once they've discovered it. I mean, do you think this is they're hoping to create gold rushes? Well, yeah. no, because I don't, no. I don't think... I, I ha, the, one of the things... Well, the, one of the main things it's done is it's made credits even more meaningless than they were. But also, what it does is it distorts gameplay because... Why would you go bounty hunting? Why would you do normal trading when mining high-end minerals is so profitable? You know, would you rather spend an hour making a hundred million or an hour making six million? So oh. what, what's happened is it's funneled down your um, activities, and it's made and that imbalance in the credit earning, if that's what motivates you has really distorted the game, and I think it's a shame. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you, Shan, because, you know, the it's the, the main reason that someone can go to um, Trading Elite in less than 12 hours. So, you know, I, I know where you're coming from there. Asuka? I completely am agreeing. I mean, we're talking about the nerf, as everybody's calling it, that scare factors. What's happening to mining? is it's actually starting to follow, as it should have done, as Shan said a year ago, proper economic rules. If you sell too many in a certain port, demand will go down because there's oversupply and the price should drop. And if but, it was balanced with bounty hunting, if it was balanced with combat bonds, if it was balanced with trade, then there would be a variety of ways to earn your 100 per hour. But, what I've never understood, sorry, just one tiny thing. What I've never understood is why FDEV always said mining works the way it was intended. Why there was this one simple, easy thing put in the game that produced far better results than any other activity, and why that was an intention. I've never got that. 
My question is, though, and it goes back to what I said earlier, is the supply and demand that they're putting in, we didn't get chance to test it in beta for long enough to know whether it can be circumvented just by doing a search in EDDV or something like that. That bit we didn't, we don't know because it wasn't time. And that is what my concern was because it's a big bubble. And even if a particular port is reached you know, the maximum amount of sold uh, in the economy, the port 150 light years away won't necessarily be affected and it'll just people just go there. Which I would say is as it should be. You should be moving. Yeah, but you still then get the, you, all you've done is you've added a little bit of extra time to the earning potential, but not so much as to make other forms of earning credit, if that's what you want. No, because they're still in balance. But if, yeah. if that were to the benefit of forms, then that would be a valid mechanism. When other forms of in game activity, are so unbalanced when you can't earn the same money mining as you earn bounty hunting or you earn pirating or you earn trading, then yes, it's invalid. Totally. See, I would, I would get rid of void opals completely from the bubble. I'd, I'd have them a colonia or something like that only. Or a nebula well, only. Outside resource. the bubble. Yeah. Have void opals outside the put, bubble. Put them only in nebula. Yeah. So you, you know, you have to have a. A deep space mining ship to get them. You can't just. I think that's hop. a fantastic idea. And it, yeah, again, if agree. it's if it's provided in balance with other activities, that's amazing. If it's just done on its own, as this current nerf in inverted commas is being, then it it just seems like the developers are playing with things for the sake of it. If it's done as part of a balanced economy as part of balanced forms of gameplay in the open world that we have presented to us, really super valid. But that's not what we're seeing. We're just seeing tweaks for the sake of tweak at the moment, I feel. Well, at, at the moment, I think that the main reason why the, the Void Opals were left alone was because they were expecting to have fleet carriers come in, which was supposed to be the big money sink. I mean, But they're not. They're going to be less than 20 billion. That's not money sink. Well, it is. It might not be for you, Shan. Shan you are the point zero one percent. Remember this. I don't think they're even going to be twenty billion. I think eight to ten was the last reputable rumor that I heard. Yeah, but when you can earn a hundred million in an hour, mm-hmm. then you only need to play a couple of evenings a week for a month. And you're multi-billionaire. And I have no desire to grind a couple of evenings a week for a whole month. I've got zero desire to do that. But what would be the reasoning behind you doing that? Why why are you saying that you feel you should have to do that? To to obtain what? Well, you see, the the main problem that the, the game's had is that once you've got to a certain point, a certain point with the big ships... It's incredibly expensive when you're having to buy... Um, I mean, I know that a lot of us have got past this point now, but when we got to that point where you got your anaconda and then you suddenly realised you needed the huge power plant, you needed the huge shield generator, and they cost themselves more than the Bloomin' Anaconda did, um, the, the time that it would take just trading using that anaconda was phenomenal. 
So people were always looking for shortcuts. They, I don't see, think I, can... I've always found trade, to be honest. I don't know if it just sits well with me. But I, I make just as much money trading as I could do mining. I may not be a great miner. I might be an awesome trader. But to be honest, I think trade has the possibility to be just as good a money maker. Hmm. Well, I maybe then that's a, a different thing. Mac? Yeah, I, one observation about, because uh, we mentioned that I've been able to look stuff up on EDDV, etc. One observation I made, whenever there's been a relatively quick change in the demand situation, for instance, like Community Goal, we had the ones uh, sort of tail end last year around lave and etc. for whatever. I can't remember what the commodities were. Uh, and one of the more profitable ones was something that was in relatively short supply. And while the CG was going on, EDDB was actually not as useful as you think because you go to somewhere where EDDB said a thing was and it had been reported only a few minutes ago. And you go there and you find the market had actually been stripped absolutely dry. Um, because so many people were doing the CG, it was it was just it was, they they just they'd look it up on EDDB and empty the local market. The thing to do was actually to look at look at somewhere which didn't look quite so advantageous in EDDB, which hadn't been updated in absolutely ages, so you knew no one had been there, and then go there. Um, but of course, as soon as you did that, everybody would see you doing that because they would see it update on EDDB, and then the next time you visit, it would be stripped dry. So, um, the it's it's although you can look stuff up on EDDB, uh, it's in, in certain situations where you've got a quick quick change in demand or supply situation, it may actually not be as it may actually be lead you down some blind alleys yeah i mean i must admit I, uh, it was you know i can't remember what was needed in leave but um i think we we're actually bringing fruit and vegetables and water in to from non-blighted systems uh but i know what you mean because um i did look up in eddb uh i was looking through something within my 20 late year range for the Matini, there was absolutely nothing there when I actually went there. And it was only when I went out to 50 to almost 100 light years out was I actually getting a generous supply. So it was sort of like three jumps to leave, three jumps back out, three jumps to leave, which took absolutely ages. But it felt real. That's what I was going to say was I, I suspect the reason that I've landed on my feet, as it were, with trade was because when I got into it, I was building Imperial Rank in Cubeo and I was doing that via trade. So what I ended up with was a situation where I was fully allied with many, many factions, and I could always pick up. People think I'm exaggerating, but this, I, I can always pick up every single day at least 150 million 35 million. While we've been talking tonight, I've done 85 million of trade with four other guys in my wing. So that's what, 240, 260 million between us in less than an hour. So it's perhaps the fact that I can bind trade with a slight exploit of BGS that, that makes it work so well for me. Right. So um, I'm going to just quickly go around everybody and just think. Um... Just your initial reaction 
um, about what the plans are for for the next six months. Uh, Shan? Uh, that's about it, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, Don't worry, Shan. We'll be we'll be talking about I, that subject in a second. Yes. No. I I'm not trying to dismiss the amount of effort Frontier putting into a five-year-old game because I think the fact they are supporting it and still see a future in it is to their credit. Mm-hmm. What I do feel disappointed though is the gap between what they said is going to happen a couple of years ago and what is actually happening now is significant. And it almost is as though they are doing the minimum amount to try and keep people playing or people keep people going. So it's almost like um, good intentions must try harder. I'd agree with you to a point, but there will be a whole lot of people who will say it's in maintenance mode. I don't think it is, because um, I don't know whether your experience of MMOs is the same as mine, but when a game goes into maintenance mode, you don't get bug fixes. Just... No, it's definitely not in it's definitely not in maintenance mode. What it is, it's in the the same lull. We're talking about MMOs. Um, usually what happens with an MMO is you get a big content release, and then there's a big gap, and then there's an expansion a year or so later, and there's, and there's an, a year, 18-month gap when people are waiting for the expansion, and people then leave and play other games and stuff like that. So it's part of the natural cycle of things. However, I just feel the gap between expansions has been significantly longer in Elite than what people have experienced yeah. in MMOs. Yeah, I agree with that. It's been the sort of gap you would you would get between an MMO and the sequel to that MMO. Well, it's funny because they consider it to be a uh, a relaunch of the game when this new update comes out. So. Well, the sound speaks volumes. I think we're all sceptical and hopeful in equal measure. Ben, have you got anything to add? I think probably agreeing with everything that's been said, but Elite is always Elite does not have a monthly fee. There is nothing holding you other than yourself that you play it day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is no reason why you can't take a break, smell the roses, play other games, see your family, live your <laughs> life. Um, Cuddle up with your wife, have another baby, while we wait for the next next release. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Thank goodness, my but wife. If you do does that, not listen the, to this radio show. if you do that, then the baby will be born just about when the twenty twenty release drops, and you won't be able to play. <laughs> That's a perfect time for you to escape styles. again. <laughs> oh dear, Mac. I will come back to Shannon in a minute. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, a kind of great big thumbs up for the bug fixes. Uh, although I, I personally don't hit many of the bugs myself. Um, anything that can sort of improve reliability is is fine by me. A bit disappointed that 
there's going to be no more uh, CGs or mm. interstellar initiatives uh, in the meantime because surely that doesn't really involve the development team. But anyway, there you go. That's that's my piece on it. I'll I'll keep plugging away at the BGS with the East India Company and anyway, so we'll we'll, we'll have our entertainment. <laughs> Shan, do you want to just quickly jump back in? Uh, yeah, I was just going to uh, pick up on something Ben said about the no monthly fee. Uh, absolutely right, and I think we've always said that Elite is a game is not a game that's designed to keep your attention twenty four by seven forever. It, you know, it's not like an Evercrack or anything like that. That's been that's specifically designed to keep people playing. So dipping in and out is entirely fine. What I will say though is, if you and you people can get their glasses ready, if you compare the amount of effort. Games companies like Arena Net have put into their non-subscription games, and the amount of content put out by them compared to what um, Frontier have done for Elite, Arena Net are way way ahead of them. Um, the, the amount of cadence on what they do hmm. is significantly higher. Now, yes, they are completely different types of games. And I suspect uh, Guild Wars 2 is significantly easier from a programming and resource perspective to add content to, because that's one of the reasons why they made it. Um, but I would have thought that when they designed the made Elite, knowing that they were going to add all this stuff, they would have made it as easy to develop or to. Yeah, and I know where, I know where you're coming from. Uh, quick one, Asuka. Yeah, I had nothing to say. Did I right. Well, moving on from from that announcement, um, the the other major controversy that happened this week was um, before all this kicked off. Um, it turned out that a player uh, complained that when they reset their commanders, all their remaining arcs were lost which caused a huge stink on the forums and Reddit. And so one of the devs got online and confirmed that this should not be happening. Um, all arcs that you buy are linked to the player account, not your commander. So if you ever lose your arcs when, when you reset your character, um, get in touch with support. Um, but apparently that was answered within 24 hours and it wasn't good enough for a lot of people, apparently. So, yeah. Usual stuff on on the forums, uh, but we've had some external news, uh, and that is to celebrate gaming uh, in general. The United Kingdom's post office has released a set of stamps uh, revealing gaming highlights for over the last um, thirty years, and one of those stamps is the original version of Elite. It's a second class stamp, but at least we've got a stamp. Yeah, the, the the way I see it is that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Flattery. Oh, oh God. Oh. Oh, my heart. Oh. Everybody's speechless now. Well, I thought okay. I'd, I thought I'd stamp that out before it <laughs> oh, got that in. Oh. It's all right. We've got the pun. We've Kill got me. the pun. It's all right. Puns have now been licked, so we're all good. Oh. Yeah, but we don't lick stamps anymore. The self-adhesive. Ben? I wasn't going to talk about the stamps. It looks pretty. We have... Yeah, one thing that 
I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the stamp is actually doing something illegal. Well, it's pixelated the Queen or something, hasn't it? No, it's shooting next to a station. And if you did that, you got the police after you. Oh dear, you got offender status or fugitive status, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're second class, because they'll get lost in the post <laughs> and the evidence, the evidence goes with them. Okay. Um, the thing, actually, what I do have one thing to say about the stamps. Now you're making. Now that you made me think about it. Oh, okay. The, the other people that like you've not been thinking about it for two weeks, coming up with those puns. No, that was Shannon oh. who came up with them, not me. Are those quality puns? Yes, all of two weeks. Um, <laughs> the other so stamp though that we're sharing second class with is another of my games that I have a very, very fond memory with of Worms. So, you know, the original Worms, I had a lot of fun playing with on the Amiga. So, I think I think Elite is in good company being second class. <laughs> you should have seen the amount of arguments on on um, the, the, the Guardian message board about why wasn't this game included, why wasn't that game included. And, uh, it's, it's just, it did my head in. <laughs> I, I, I was surprised there were some games missing though on them because I mean things like Jetpack or Attack yeah, Attack. There wasn't Manic Miner. Like they should that. have had Manic Miner. There wasn't any uh, Manic Miner, which was the first game to to break a million pounds. There wasn't um, any games from Rare or Ultimate, which, to tell you the truth, is is you know that's been one of the the, the best companies, uh, British companies. British games companies ever, um, and there was not any Grand Theft Auto, which was basically the biggest selling game ever. I was thinking licensing may have something to do with it because maybe people like Rare, uh, Rockstar, etc., like that, wanted a fee per stamp to put their images on. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that would probably make sense, wouldn't it? Okay, well, on on. We'll leave that. We'll put a post in that. No, certainly for uh, in the case of rare. Um, in case of, in the case of all their uh, old games, like the the old the original tape files for the Spectrum versions of the games, they're one of the few companies to actually deny of their very old games. So, yeah. You can't don't you can't download any of the old um, the old ultimate games from World of Spectrum, for instance, because they're all distribution denied. Oh ah, right, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Ah. Is that just well, in case they decide to do a remake of Jetpack or something like that, they want to. They've already well, there already is a remake of Jetpack that you can got you can get on the Xbox, an official one. Anyway, I think it's good they chose Elite for one of the stamps, even though it is second class. I think it's about £15, isn't it, to order the set on the website? Uh, you yeah, know what? Um, I haven't actually had a chance to look into it, so... I, I think you do need to be into your stamps, though, because I can just imagine um, uh, Mrs. Shan rummaging around the drawer trying to find a stamp to send something off and seeing my Elite stamp, giving it a good lick and sending it off and... Yes, <laughs> that was the one thing I was, 
uh, I was uh, wanting to hold on to, and you just sent it to Mrs. Trellis in Nottingham. Well, she's probably in Mary Kondo, right? <laughs> That's still a sore subject. I'm only just recovering. My 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 office is gradually refilling up with, well, she would say junk, but I would Necessary say collector's items. Yeah, well, I've been down at IKEA. That's another thing that happened to me over Christmas. The missus went, right, I'm not happy with the way her bedroom is. And we were down to IKEA, and then basically I've been assembling furniture for the last, I think, three, four days on, on the trot. So basically, yes, I'm sick of screwing. And on that note, can we go to an advert, please? <laughs> Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refill fuel, it's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Wanna be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, mister. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can hunk and go? Japonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, pipism, and spontaneous stargo face. Use only as direct. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? On the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the Engineer. The Engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. 
what do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabate, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat, noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma hooma nooka nooka wapa wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. And welcome back. Um, we're going straight into Community Corner this week. Um, we have still got so much to get through with uh, what, how would you redesign Elite or what would you change question that we asked, what, two months ago now? <laughs> and we must again thank everybody who made contributions to that because basically it's kept us going for, for how many weeks? <laughs> Quite a few, but it's it's really good actually. People have responded so well to our off the cuff question because it's it's just really interesting to get people's insights into how they would direct the game. So I think it's it's really it's really good. Yeah. Well, um, we're just going to go through. Uh, as I said, there's been no newsletter this week. There was one over the over the Christmas holidays, but um, it basically just covered exactly what uh, what was said, I think, the previous one before. Uh, but um, when we go through uh, some of the things that have happened this this in the last couple of weeks, um, now, those of you that use the HCS voice packs, um, there was a release of, um, of a new one uh, called Chase AI, which uh, in turn was Mia Ferlin, who played Delenn in Babylon 5. Uh, has anybody else got this? Because I know I got it, I think, on do. Um I haven't, but I'm interested to know what you thought of it, Colin. I actually quite like it. Um, you know how there's a certain, there's, there are certain of these voice packs which fit a certain role and as far as I'm concerned um, things like uh, Mia Ferlin uh, so Chase AI uh, and you have oh, the Astra one and the one that's oh, what, what's the what's the lady's name from Star Trek? Marina Sirtis? Yes you, and also Brent Spinner who's Data you put those together in an Explorer build and it's actually really soothing as you go exploring. But if you're going into a combat zone, you want <laughs> you want Paul Darrow, you want uh, Tom Baker, and you definitely want Brian Blessed to be your combat crew. <laughs> so the, Brian Blessed now. Oh, Brian Blessed as your combat uh, as your as your combat guy is is unbelievably funny. It's hilarious, especially when you 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 attract the weapons and he says cowards only die. Uh, cowards die many times, but real men die only once. <laughs> it's just so perfect. Um, but yeah, it, I do th believe that JCI it just has the right feel for an explorer. So to, if you if you're out there with your asp explorer and you and you need some company, then. <laughs> I'd recommend it. So, do they sound like to then, 
Or does she sound like Danielle Russo from Lost? Or does she sound like no, she sounds, herself? She kind of sounds like herself and Delenn. Kind of a, an amalgamation of the two. Has that piqued your interest? Kind of. I, I need to. I need to have a listen to the samples. Most of it, I've had no time highly because all the family incursions to do too much um, like that. But um, right, yeah. the The next thing that's turned up is the AXI uh, have rev- have published on Reddit a review of uh, 2019, where they go through um, what's been happening with the Anti Xenio Initiative and uh, the highlights that have happened this year as they've fought the alien menace. Um, now, looking through this, I thought it was a very, very good um, summary for all of us that have been bug hunting. Uh, has anybody else had a chance to look it over? I haven't, no, sorry. Again, only me. <laughs> you are uh, the person who goes killing bugs. Just saying. Fair enough, then. Um, so what can people tell me about the Orion expedition, then? Ah, you're probably asking me. Yeah, it's it's a expedition that launches quite soon. I think I'm trying to remember the date off the top of my head because I'm not. I'm, I'm just trying to land. It's in the show notes now. if you happen to have them open. Yeah, um, I was. And my ship's landed now. I can look at the show notes. Oh, there we it's, go. It's twelfth of January. Twelfth, twelfth of January. Yeah, it's it's um, to explore the rather unexplored western parts of uh, the galaxy. It's starting off at Beetlejuice. So we will meet there uh, Sunday, twelfth January, eight p.m. in game time. UTC, and then we all head off. The, the, the first waypoint's quite far, so there's going to be quite a lot of jonking, I think, done to get to the first waypoint after that. But um, it's the other thing is it's it's also kind of linked with a. It's, it's this one's run by uh, Commander Yannick, who ran the Apollo Eleven expedition. Uh, also going on at the same time, well, not the same time. Starting off a little bit later is another expedition to a similar region kind of north of where the orion expedition goes the perseus reach and orion and perseus reach are going to have a joint waypoint where both expeditions meet up um the perseus reach expedition is a little bit different that's being run by dr nagi who was also an apollo 11 expedition person uh, and that one is open only to small ships. So there's there's the usual list: valid ships, Adder, Cover Mark Three, Cover Mark Four, Diamondback, both types, Dolphin, Eagle, Hauler, Courier, Eagle, uh, Imperial Eagle, Sidewinder, Viper Two, Viper Three, sorry, Viper Four, Vulture. So basically, yeah, all the small pad ships. Uh, uh, Basically, so newer newer players don't have to think. Oh, I've got to get my my, my anaconda with with uh, papier mache hull and no shields. Uh, that's worth two hundred million credits plus a load of engineering to go on this expedition. You can do it on. You can do it with quite a modest ship. Um, the, the idea is to do it with a modest ship. And some of the small ships are actually really good explorers. Like the the dolphin um, is what I took with my house count on the Christmas carriers convoy, and that that's a great little explorer. 
the dolphin in particular is quite good because you can actually both fuel rat and whole seal with it at the same time. It's got enough internal slots that you can get everything in to do actually both roles. Um, but anyway, the, 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 those two expeditions will have a joint waypoint uh, where there'll be a huge meeting of ships uh, somewhere. To, it's actually towards the end of the Orion expedition, somewhere in the, about the first third of Perseus Reach. So uh, they're both open on the EDSM, so you can uh, join them. Uh, I think, let me just have a look at EDSM here. There might be a forum thread. Uh, yeah, there's, there's Discord servers, both of them, obviously. Yeah, there's a, there's a forum thread, which is also linked. Um, also linked from the uh, EDSM page for the expedition. So, yep, that in a nutshell is Orion and Perseus Reach, which launched very soon. Uh, oh yeah, Perseus Reach, when does that start? That starts from Sol on February the 8th of this year and goes on to July. Uh, Orion starts on the 12th, as we said, and that one goes on to come on EDSM, load up. That one, that one's looking like it's going on to about, well, April 19th is the land date. Okay, um, Ben, do you want to go first? Yeah, I I just wanted to say about Orion, it's actually, it's a very good time for us to be heading off to Betelgeuse in the Orion Nebula, seeing yes. as it may or may not be about to turn into a beautiful nebula in its own right. Yes, there's, there's some talk about it uh, potentially exploding in a super... Of course, if it might have gone by now. I mean, this all happened there. 600... If it's, if it's about to happen, this all happened about 600-odd years ago, but... They have stressed in the various articles that real soon now in the case of Betelgeuse means sometime within the next <laughs> thousand years. Yes. <laughs> there, there, is, yeah. there is another star I read about something Sagittarius. I can't remember the full name of the star, but uh -huh. there's it's a binary system made up. One of them's a, one of them's like a white dwarf, but it's it's a very close binary that's actually spiraling spiraling in. Oh, are these the ones that are uh, maybe going to be gobbling each other up and then may or may not be turning into a black hole if they if they have enough mass. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be very bright when it does happen for a short period of time, and that's supposed to be actually. <laughs> Really soon now on a human time scale, I mean, there are possibly yeah. people listening to this now who might just be very old people when it happens. Um, but yeah, they're talking that it could be as soon as the next hundred years that, that ninety to hundred years that, that goes, um, so or less. Um, so I think they put they put the earliest e estimate around the twenty sixties. So. Um, so yeah, uh, no chance for me then. <laughs> but, I mean, the awesome thing about Betelgeuse is anyone can find it. I mean, I think Orion is probably one of the most recognizable constellations in the galaxy. Yeah. yeah um, so if you can find Orion, have a look at his left shoulder, and that's Betelgeuse. Yeah. In fact, the if you look at the uh, EDSM, you'll see the mission logo for the Orion expedition is actually the constellation as seen from surface of the earth so makes the, sense the red one the the red uh blob in that logo is is the is beetlejuice so. here's a question actually do you think if beetlejuice does go 
I wonder if Frontier will update its star type to a black hole or whatever the hell we actually well, find out it turns into. They did update Trappist 1. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it would be awesome if they did go off and turn it into a black hole. Because in the leaks time, it, it maybe it might have happened already. Yeah. Shan, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, there's a couple of things to sort of, as the conversation moved on. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how well the dolphin does as a ship in this expedition, because if I believe, if I remember correctly, in the beta, it was a ridiculously cool running ship. So it might be very useful for exploration, just simply of the amount of overcharged and uh, engineered stuff you can cram in it without making it too hot. And uh, as for the um, ast- astronomy stuff, I read today that um, NASA believes they've discovered uh, the closest Earth-like, uh, which is around right 100 light years away. And uh, with going back to our Star Wars theme, is they've also discovered a, a twin sun desert planet, which, of course, they've nicknamed Tatooine. <laughs> I thought they discovered something like that ages ago, but well, guess I'm guess I'm out of. Uh, well, it's uh, on the BBC website, so you know they, it could have been in the any time in the last three months or so. You know, but the other like that potential, the potential ELW is actually tidally locked as well, so it'll be very much different to Earth if it, it does have a life, because one face will be permanently in daylight. Mm. So Beetlejuice is in Orion's Belt, uh, which is obviously uh, a very no, underrated Beetlejuice tourist. Beetlejuice is Orion's shoulder. Oh, is it? Well, it must be. It, it must be better than Orion's Belt because apparently that only got three stars. Oh, God. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yes. Ah, well, moving on from that, um, who would like to tell me about the next Buckyball race? I guess I can, and I spoke to Dr. Nagy about it, and that he said, hey, I'm the one who's arranging this. Um, Th- but all I can do cool. is say what Dr. Nagy said, and they're arranging the next uh, Buckyball race that's starting on Saturday the 11th of January and is running for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's going to be, it's being operated, by, well, it's being organized by the whole seals, and it's called A Halpy Hand. This is the race is starting from Arstrom Station in the Colin. Do you want to try and pronounce that? No. Oh. Why do, why do you think I said <laughs> someone else okay. want to tell me about it? Okay, let, let's go for it then. In I the, don't want the, the the listeners completely paralytic at the end of this. Right. I'm going to say it's from the Arstrom Station in the Opi Davasti system. Davasti, yeah, Opi Davasti system. That sounds. You good, should have got it? Colin to say that, then it would have been correct. You know what? We should actually ask Stephen how you say that. Wait, um, what? A, a Stephen, Stephen Usher, or D Stephen? Or honestly, I think Stephen? any Stephen. We just need any Stephen to say Opi Davasti. Does, does do we have to refer to Stephen as the Stephen from now? Well, we I, I don't know. Mm. I can't really call him about Stephen. him should be referred to as Stephen Edge. 
Well, that's just by Stephen Trump. Just to make it easy for people, uh, there's a tiny URL for the next Buckyball race, which is tinyurl.com forward slash Bucky11jan. So Bucky11jan. Oh, that's good. Thanks. I'll, I'll write that down. So, so basically, races have to go buy some fish, drop one ton in the rings of Arjung 4 as a tribute to Halpy, then fly through a tunnel at the blazing Dynamo unauthorized installation at, uh, oh, here we go, Kuryumankar Kamana. I have no idea. I really don't. While repairing your own ship, which will need to, which you needed damage somewhere along the way, sell your remaining fish at Fisher's Enterprise in Maya before returning to our to our Stom Station. <laughs> That's a close one. It really is. And those are our bonuses for the degree to which your hull is damaged, reflecting green, amber, amber, and red hull seals code statuses for getting a smash canopy black state and for flying through all the waypoints at high speed while your ship is in this condition. Full details can be found at the tiny URL or by searching for Halpy Hand uh, on the uh, on the forums. Um, and people have been looking through, um, obviously, what the biggest top 10 expeditions on EDSM are at, at this moment. Um, surprisingly enough, the... Uh, the number one entry is Distant Worlds 2 with 5,380. Um, there was an awful lot more of that that actually claimed to take part. It wasn't about 14,000. Well, these numbers are the only the things on ESM. So oh, right. a lot of people went on DW2 who didn't go sign up to it on EDSM. Oh, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Um, d- according to... Uh, this this number two is distant world the first distant world with nine eleven, <laughs> and about two thousand people actually went along and finished that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Apollo eleven anniversary with six hundred and seventy, uh, the Enigma at um, six hundred and eleven, Beagle Point got five hundred, Stellar Unknown to three hundred and sixty two, August Exodus three hundred and thirty eight, Small Worlds three two hundred eighty five. Uh, Perseus Reach at 278 and the Pegasus Run at 278 as well. So, obviously, that's... <laughs> Wasn't there the Dove Enigma as well? Oh, no, that is I Enigma, isn't it? One, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes, it's, it's nice to know all the... You know, the, the expeditions do seem to, to attract the, a certain range of nutter, don't they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Put a pin in that one. Yes. <laughs> so finally, um, we are going to ask our a uh, question for the week, unless someone's adding something else to the community section. Um, with the exception of the new era, um, what are you looking forward to, or what are you hoping that will come in the fixes? Uh, before the uh, before the fleet carriers, um, this is this is our community question, which we 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 like to ask. Um, so, what are you hoping that they put in as the bug fixes before the fleet carriers? Uh, we we'd like to hear from you, uh, and if you have any opinions on that, please email at info at Lave Radio or drop us a line at either Facebook or at Lave Radio on Twitter. So, um, 
before I go through our shout outs, does anybody else have any final business before I close out the show? As always, I just have one tiny thing to say. Um, CQC on PS4 has been broken for over a year. We're never going to get fixed. We now have 36 pages of votes, and FDev aren't listening. So I have another tiny URL, which is tinyurl.com forward slash PS4 CQC. If any piece. PS4 players could just go on and vote for that. It would be amazing because it's not scheduled for the January fixes. It's not scheduled for any fixes. That's it's terrible. Is it, is it a petition? Uh, no, this is the culmination of everybody reporting it. There is FDev have shut down all but one of the bug reports. This is a singular bug report now on FDev. It's not mentioned in any forthcoming fixes. It's unplayable. We still play it twice a week, but it is appalling. So it's tinyurl.com forward slash PS4 CQC. We just need players to get on and vote for that because it's appalling that it's not being fixed or recognized or looked at. Okay, I'm going to copy and paste that, and I'm going to put that in the show notes. So, um, anybody else? Whatever happened to the sugar bus of Shap Sugar Bus? The who what's now? The sugar um, bus uh, of Shap Sugar Bus. It was just I don't know. That came I don't know it. what happened to the sugar bus of Shap Sugar Bus. It was it was a player early on in the game who used to go around interdicting people and subjecting them to a quiz show. In a bright purple orca called the Sugar Bus of Shap Sugar Bus. I'm uh, suddenly Sugarbus. hugely interested. Shap Sugar Bus is a system uh, somewhere, not too far, somewhere in the bubble. But he went quiet, and I haven't haven't heard for years. It, oh. it, I don't know why. It was just a random thought that occurred to me: is what happened to the Sugar Bus of Shap Sugar Bus? Uh, well, if any of our listeners knows, please let Asica know, or even back. It does sound like something out of the Princess Bride, doesn't it? It I'm does, doesn't it? Think about puns to do with stamps. Yes, if you can come up with any more puns, please keep them to yourself. Oh, um, uh, dear. Well, with that, um, I'll start giving our usual shout-outs. Um, our sister station, Hutton Auto Radio, that broadcasts um, on Thursdays from uh, 8.30 GMT. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, radioforthemug.com. It's also available as a downloadable broadcast, uh, uh, downloadable broadcast, huh, podcast, as if uh, we know what one of those are. Uh, and they've just recently had what they call the muggies, which is basically, uh, it's like the Golden Globes, but just muggier, really. Uh, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC, check out the CQC Discord at discordme slash Elite Dangerous CQC. And uh, uh, we'd also like to thank everybody who's chipped in on uh, Twitch chat and the in-game commanders, including some of the, the gentlemen who've been talking about um, the amount of Babylon 5 cast members that we appear to have lost over the years. Um, and coming up next, we have the fantastic Galnet news provided by Commander Witherspoon, 
who uh, has got lots and lots to talk about, I'm sure. <sighs> but that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up on facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, um, you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Uh, word of warning, it is shared with the Hutton Orbital Truckers, so um, prepare to be mugged. Um, we can also have our, uh, oh, I apologize, it's the TeamSpeak server, which we share with the Hutton Orbital Truckers. Um, we have the teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like to uh, us to discuss in future episodes. Um, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight GMT and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Asika, uh, thanks to Mac, thanks to Ben, thanks to Commander Ventura for being on tech, and thanks to Commander Shan. Uh, but until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. Galnet News Digest, 7th of January 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the year of exciting things. No Ark's inheritance spreads confusion. Hull Repair gets Bucky Baller's seal of approval. An outbreak of outbreaks. The Year of Exciting Things. A message from the Pilots' Federation. Greetings, Commanders, and Happy New Year. As we enter 3306, we'd like to tell you about the future of the galaxy. 
As we mentioned back in October, the first half of this year's updates will be focused almost exclusively on fleet carriers and fixing as many high-priority bugs and issues as possible, ensuring that the Galaxy runs as smooth as a freshly purchased E-rated Cobra Mark III. To be clear, this means that interstellar initiatives and community goals will be on hold. Galnet News articles will remain on hold. The Thargoid invasion will continue to remain on hold. CQC will remain a deserted arena. Powerplay will continue to be the domain of a tiny number of obsessive commanders. Edmund Mahan will remain on holiday. President Hudson will play another round of golf. Emperor Livigny Duval will continue to be indisposed. Mining, trade, exploration, piracy and bounty hunting will be put on hold so that Pilots Federation staff can continue to concentrate on future developments. One by one, the stars will wink out and there will be darkness and nothing will move on the face of the void because everyone has gone away. No Ark's inheritance spreads confusion. There was mass panic this week when it was rumoured that death taxes could wipe out the estate of even the wealthiest of commanders. Credits are already taxed at 100%, as are ships. But goods and chattels, such as paint jobs, bobbleheads and that annoying string of cockpit lights, bought in a moment of weakness and regretted ever since, are passed on to the deceased commander's successor, with a note explaining that the poor buying choices of the deceased commander are none of the Pilots' Federation's doing. But a codger reported, and was widely quoted, as saying that he had not inherited any of the arcs from Codger Senior when said commander both bought the farm and went to live in Boot Hill. After a short period of everyone running in circles screaming about the world coming to an end, an old Sticks popped up to explain that Codger had just mislaid his arcs down the back of his space sofa and that arcs, all arcs, the paid-for ones and the ones earned from flying about, are included in the standard inheritance package. After that, everyone needed to have a bit of a lie down to recover. Hull Repair gets Buckyballer's seal of approval. The Buckyball Racing Club has teamed up with the Hull Seals for their latest event. Entitled A Halpy Hand, it celebrates the Hull Seals' work in preserving life. By encouraging commanders to smash their ships to within a hair's breadth of destruction, ideally smashing the canopy in the process, and then to fly around the galaxy on emergency oxygen, performing dangerous acts in worship of the Hull Seals' deity, Halpy the Seal. It is quite possible that more ships will be destroyed during this event than the Hull Seals have ever rescued leaving the Hull Seals with negative galactic karma. Also, rather peculiarly, it seems that most of the race leaders will be posting negative times, suggesting that the Hull Seals have got their hands on a time machine. An outbreak of outbreaks.
Reports have been coming in of several pockets of unexplained illness in the galaxy. Entire systems are coming down with flu-like symptoms, or are just feeling a bit out of sorts in a way that's hard to explain. Of course, there are always systems in outbreak somewhere in the galaxy, but there seems to be more of them of late. Preliminary investigations suggest that at least part of the problem may have been caused by fake Hutton mugs being sold. Hutton mugs are of course well known for their health-giving properties and are known to completely dispel the serious condition Mug Ownership Deficiency Syndrome or MODS. However, fake Hutton mugs have no such health-giving benefits and it may be that MODS is gaining a foothold, or rather several footholds, in parts of the galaxy where only the fake mugs have been sold. Nurse Wyeth is said to be taking down the details and examining the particulars of those affected. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news if there is any news, so you don't have to. <laughs>